Well, this morning, I want you to pull out your Bible, and uh, if you didn't bring a Bible, pull out your device, and um, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go into Matthew chapter 18, and, uh, and we're going to go through actually the whole chapter together, so, uh, so buckle up, um, and uh, let's just jump right in. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, I want you to understand that now at that time is preceded by that just a minute ago in chapter 17, Jesus was transfigured with the three disciples and he's talking with Elijah and Moses. And God says to the three that are standing there, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. So, so, so at that time is the full revelation that Jesus is actually the Christ, undeniably, completely and totally the Christ. He has fulfilled the law and the prophets, Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets. Here's the full revelation, and, and then at that time, Jesus tells Peter and James and John, don't tell anyone about this vision until I've ascended to heaven. But he, this was the full-on confirmation. He is who God says he is. He is who we thought he was. And it says, and so then it's like now at that time. So then at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said to them, how dare you seek to become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I want you to be nothing and humble and worthless and never think about such things. Does yours say that? I might have a different translation. No, it's, it's amazing. You know, I think for a lot of us, we, we probably were offended by that right out of the gate. Like, who do you think you are trying to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? But Jesus is actually like, you guys are on the right track. You're in the right track. That is the right question. You, every one of you that are here today, you're here today because on some level, you're actually asking that question. And you know what? Jesus commends you for it. He wants you to be zealous to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He is not upset about that at all. In fact, you are acting like your daddy when you think about how can I be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The thing that, that uh, I just think about that for a second. Just let that soak in. That, the, that that desire in you for greatness is God-given because your father, Yahweh, is great. And you look like your daddy. So the desire to carry glory, the desire to, 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 to be great in the kingdom is absolutely appropriate. And you know why you came here on a Sunday morning at nine o'clock? Because you understand that you're part of the kingdom. And because on some level, and, and, I, and I pray that today you leave with a greater revelation and expectation of being great in the kingdom. You were destined for it. You were created for it. You look like your pop. So Jesus doesn't rebuke him. He says, let me tell you how to get that done. He says, then Jesus called a little child to him and he set him in the midst of them and he said, assuredly I say to you, unless you, man, this light, I gotta go this way. Unless you <laughs> are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So he says to them, if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, then you need to humble yourself. You need to become teachable. You need to become like a child. You need to become impressionable by me. You need to be willing to humble yourself. 
And this is also during a time where children were not, not exactly, uh, you know, valued and esteemed. So he's saying, you need to come and be willing to be humble and teachable and accessible. He says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. Now, this is really interesting, isn't it? Because the question that he was asked was, how do I be great? And then he says, if you want to be great, become like a child. And then he turns around and says, listen, just so you know, these children are very, very important to me. Who you are in the kingdom is very, very important to me. And what you do in the kingdom is very, very important to me. In fact, I want you to know that these little ones, these little children, these people in my kingdom who are seeking to be great in my kingdom are very, very valuable to me. And I want you to know, and this is where he continues to break, break it down. Uh, in fact, he says, number seven, uh, verse seven, woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off, cast it from you. It's better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, cast it from you. It's better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. What an interesting jump here. He says, listen, these children are completely important to my Father in heaven. You, as you come in to the kingdom, are completely important to my Father in heaven. And woe to those who cause an offense to one of these little ones. Woe to those who would cause one of these little ones. This is us, and this is how we treat one another. Woe to you who would cause them to sin or to be stumbled. It'd be better, actually, if you just got thrown into the sea with a millstone around your neck than to mistreat one of my children. Did you get that? And then he turns around and says, and by the way, whichever end you're on, if you have a sin, I want you to know in light of this, in light of wanting to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, if you offend one of these little ones and they come to you and they tell you about what happened, I want you to know it's more important to me that you would make peace with this person than if you had a hand. You are better off to live the rest of your life with your hand cut off than to continue to have an offense between you and this Christ follower, this little one. It'd be better for you if you had a foot cut off. If your eye caused you to sin, there's a problem that you, between you and another one of these little ones and you don't fix it. I just want you to know it's more important that you make peace with this person, that you deal with this sin issue between the two of you. It's more important than if you had both your eyes. Do you see that? That's intense, isn't it? That's intense. And remember, the context here is how do I become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Become like a little child. How do I become like a little child? Well, what do we say to our kids, right? They're fighting in the back seat. Hey, you two, stop fighting with each other, right? This is Jesus saying that to us. How do, I, how do I enter the kingdom of heaven? Get in the back of my car and be my little child. Okay, and then what do I do? Don't fight with each other. Well, what if, well, what if they did something? Well, let's just keep going because we're learning like children. So he continues on. So are you guys with me? Did you catch that? We're trying to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Good question. I want that for you. Become like a child. Okay. But here's what I want you to know. I love my kids. I love my children. 
He continues, verse 10. Take heed that you don't despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Now this is interesting because Jesus is, he's interchanging. He's, he's like, you got to picture it. They're there. All the disciples are there. And he's got a little child sitting there. And he's saying, I want you to become like this little child if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he interchanges back and forth between talking about literally the little child that's standing right in front of you that you're looking at. And he's saying, by the way, this is you. By the way, this is your, everybody else. Are you with me? Okay, so, so just follow his line of reasoning. So here's, here's a picture. Here's the greatest. Here's, you know, Nathan was up there right with me today. Um, so picture Nathan, okay? My little fellow worshiper. Greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Humble yourself and become like Nathan. All right, so we're talking about you. By the way, your neighbor, right here. Keep, your, keep an eye on it. You got it? Take heed that you don't despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that's straying? And if he would find it, surely I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that didn't go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So again, let's just follow his reasoning. Who's the greatest? Become like a child. Well, what am I supposed to do with these children? Don't offend them. Don't cause them to sin. Well, what happens if they do sin? Well, here's how my Father feels about it. He doesn't want to lose one single child. In other words, you don't get to decide, well, that person is just super high maintenance, you know? I'm just going to write them off. Maybe they're not really in the kingdom anyway. And the Lord's going, don't, don't, no, no, no. It's more important that you lose a hand than lose that brother. It's more important that you lose an eye than lose that connection with that sister. Well, maybe they're just too much of a problem, Lord. Maybe they've run off. Oh, well, I'm glad you brought that up. My father doesn't want to lose one single sheep. He'll leave the 99 and go get the one. Lord, how do I be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That's the context here. This is what he's saying. He's unpacking this for us. So then he continues, verse 15, moreover, am, am I going too fast? Are we going okay? Speed's okay? Okay. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, and go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you've gained your brother. See how he's building this? They're, they started out like, I want to be awesome in your kingdom. I just saw you. Three of them have a secret. I think they're the ones that kicked off, by the way, like, hey, Jesus, uh, who's the greatest in the kingdom? They're like, I'm probably not Elijah and I'm probably not Moses because I just saw him yesterday. But I'm thinking I could go for the four spot. The number four spot is open. And Jesus is like, hey, good news. You, you guys, you're all in. Here's how you do it. So he's breaking this down. You guys are with me. It's an exciting moment. He, and, and, and he's saying, I want you to understand how this all works. I want you to understand how this works. And then he, he takes them through and he says, listen, each of you is this beautiful child. This is what you're like to my father. And he absolutely adores you. He absolutely adores you. And then, and then the next thing you know, you know, Jesus is so amazing. He'll take, I almost wonder sometimes, I mean, I just said this was the right question and I think, it, I think it is the right question, but I think they were asking it in the wrong way. And I think Jesus is so generous with us because we'll ask the wrong question and he'll be like, well, let me ask you a question so that you'll ask the right question so I can give you the answer you actually need. You ever notice how he does that? Does he, does he do that with you guys? Or I'm probably just the one who does that more often. Y'all are further ahead than me. He's just so generous. 
So he's walking them through because they're saying, how do I become the greatest? And he goes, that's a great question. And he starts giving us the application. But then all of a sudden, you start realizing, like, where are you going with this, Jesus? What, what is happening here? And I think he really starts to unpack it in, 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 a, in a major way for us because first he says, first thing you need to know is become like a child. You're super, super valuable. I'm not writing anybody off. And then he goes, and let me tell you how this breaks down. So in verse 15, he says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you've gained your brother. Now, in fact, let me read 16 as well. But if he won't hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Okay, let's drill down on this for a second. How do I become the greatest, become like a child? What happens if I'm having problems with other children? Ah, well, Jesus says, I'm glad you asked. If you're having a problem with your brother or sister, the first thing you need to know is you don't get to write anyone off. Right? He just said that. He'll leave the 99 and get the one. Nobody gets written off. That's huge right there. Two, it's really important that you own your own self in regard to how you treat your brother or sister. Offenses will come, but woe to you if they come through you. In fact, if you sin against your brother or sister and cause them to sin, it would be better for you if a millstone were tied around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. In other words, you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You need to take responsibility for the life that I've given you. I value you highly, and you are highly, highly effective in blessing or cursing people around you. You have, a you have actual real authority and responsibility in how you're going to act with the people, the other people in the kingdom of heaven. Are you guys with me? Do you see how he's doing this? And then he goes on further. Now he says, woe to those who, who bring an offense. Now think about that word of offense. How many of you have ever been offended? Yeah, I, I don't even know why I raised my hand. It's all of us. If you've drawn breath, you've been offended at some point. But, but then in verses 15 and 16, it's very interesting because he says, now I want, to tell, I want to tell you how this works, that you don't cause your brother or sister to sin. Now remember, he's... What's very interesting about the way that Jesus is unpacking this, you know, Jason just did a brilliant job on parables, and um, man, that was awesome, by the way. And did you guys enjoy that parable situation? It's fantastic. And you ask yourself the question, who am I in the parable, right? Which person am I? Well, in this one, you're everybody. You're the little child. You're the one who's sinned. You're the one who's been sinned against, <laughs> right? We, we, all of these apply to all of us at some time, and he's telling you, here's how I want you to view it from every angle. Are you guys tracking with me? So, so here he is. He says, now take your brother. I'm sorry. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So the first thing is, well, why do I have to do that? Well, you have to do that because God is not willing that anyone would get lost. So you don't get to just decide, like, you know what? It'd be easier to just not worry about it. You know, they'll do their thing, I'll do my thing. Like, I'm super cool, I just bless them. I just bless them to not be in connection with me anymore. Like, I love them and we'll be friends in heaven. There's no room for that in here. Jesus doesn't say that. He says if your brother has offended you, you have to go to your, your brother and tell him about it. You know, that is an easy thing to say, but that is actually, uh, uh, it's very costly to do. But he just said, these guys are more valuable to the Lord than anything else. So that means you're more valuable to the Lord than anything else, and so is your brother. So if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, you have to act the way that Jesus acts, the way that my father acts. You have to actually do this thing, right? 
Blessed are you if you do these things, not if you hear these things or you know these things. Lord, who's my mother and father and brothers and sisters? Those that do my word. So this is a, this is for us to do, guys. This isn't just for us to know about. And he's like, he's like driving it home, right? He's not leaving any wiggle room. He goes, this is, this is what it means. This is what it looks like. This is how you're going to actually do it. Are you guys with me? This is, we're gonna, this is how you're going to actually do it. If your brother has offended you or sinned against you, you go to them. Now, the only way that you or I or anyone else is going to be willing to go to somebody when they've offended us is if we're willing to do the very first thing that he said, which is be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, which is to humble yourself like a little child and admit, as Wendy said, that I'm actually vulnerable to you. That you matter to me. I have to admit you matter to me. How many of us, when somebody hurts us, we're like, well, it ain't no thing, because you know what? They ain't nobody anyway. And the Lord's like, you don't get to call people made in my image ain't nobody. They are actually made in my image. They are a child of God. And if you're going to have an offense against them, here it comes, here it comes, prepare your heart. If you're going to carry an offense against them, it would be better for you rather than to sin against them and create a breach. It'd be better if you had a millstone tied around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. It would at least be better if you gouged an eye out and went through the rest of your life with one eye gouged out than to continue to have a beef with one of your brothers or sisters, an offense, a sin between you. Now, I think what's amazing about Jesus' language here is he actually uses missing parts of the body. And I think he's given us a little wink because what are we? We're the body of Christ. So if you're gonna say, oh, I get to write off parts of the body, he's like, well, let me give you a little picture. If you think there's parts of my body that I'm cool with you just writing off, Cut a hand off. That's what it looks like. You're literally saying the body of Christ doesn't need one of its hands. Are you guys with me? You guys got to pray for me. I'm losing my voice. So if your brother sins against you, you have to actually humble yourself like a little child and admit, hey, so, uh, ouch, you matter to me. What you say matters to me. It affects me. We're one. We're one body. I need you. And, and I, I'm offended. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some of us have experienced this done really poorly. You don't have to raise your hand. Everyone in this room has experienced someone coming to you because they were offended and they did it really poorly. Because when they came, they did not humble themselves like a little child. They showed up and said, hey, it says in the Bible not to be a jerk and you're a jerk, see? Now repent, you sinner. And you were like, um. <laughs> We've all had that. We're not gonna talk about what not to do. But let's talk about what to do. When, so, when I come to you, Fuji, you're going to be my, my guy, okay? So Fuji and I are having a conversation, and Fuji says something, and, and it just hits me, and basically what I hear Fuji say is, you know, Josh, you're, you're kind of an idiot, you know? And uh, I don't know if I want to be with you anymore. And I'm, like, and I'm like, okay, brother, God bless you. And I go down the street, and I'm like, wait, did he just call me an idiot and say he doesn't want to be with me anymore? And then I, have to, I, I, then I have a choice in that moment. Did my brother just hurt me? Dadgummit, he did. Now I can come back and say, Fuji, maybe you shouldn't go around calling people idiots and saying you don't want to be with them anymore and acting like it's a big spiritual thing. 
All right, maybe you need to think about that. Maybe talk to the Lord, okay? That's one opportunity. Or I can humble myself like a little child and admit that Fuji said something and the message I received hurt. Now, if I do it like Jesus said it, then I will humble myself and come to Fuji from a humble perspective and actually say, Fuji, dude, I got to talk with you. Super love you. To be honest, I'm actually even a little embarrassed to say this, but the bottom line is I have to because I got something going on here. And so here's the deal. First of all, I just want to make sure that what I heard is what you said. I got to humble myself to be willing to do that because remember, I'm in pain. Things are inflamed. There's blood. But I don't know actually what happens. First, I just have to verify it, right? I did a sermon about this. Did you say chicken? Right? Remember that? No. So I'm going to come to him and I'm going to say, did you say I'm a big idiot and you want to reject me? Because I felt like that's what I heard. And Fuji's going to be like, no, dude, that's Jason. I'll be like, oh, then we're fine. (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, (laughs) But I had a moment there. Excuse me. So, um, (laughs) focus. Here we go. We're back. All right. So what am I going to do? I'm going to just verify it. But you, you guys notice that if I'll humble myself and actually lead with the fact is, it's like, Fuji, I love you, dude. And, um, and I have a question because I'm hurting a little bit. So I just want to ask you, are we good? Because I, I actually, I thought I heard you say this. And he's going to say, dude, I did not say that. Okay? Nine times out of ten, belovednesses, saints, family of God, it is that. Nine times out of ten, that solves it. Step one solves it. Just simply admitting that our connection is important, that you're a son of God and I'm a son of God and you hurt me and I'm going to figure out why, what happened. And it solves it right there. Nine times out of ten, that has been my experience. But I have to come in humility. Just like Jesus said, I have to come as one of the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Not as the greatest Pharisee in the kingdom of heaven. Not as Fuji's teacher. Not like, hey Fuji, just so you know, a lot of people can be really sensitive so it's really important that you be a little more careful with your words. And he's like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Right? How many of us try to turn it into a teaching moment? No, you come as a child. Are you guys with me? I mean, I'm putting a laser point on this one because nine times out of ten, this will fix it if we'll just do Jesus' words and come humbly, talking about me and the wound I have and, and verify whether or not they even meant to give it to me. And so then we're done. I say, man, oh, I'm so glad to hear that, Fuji. Praise God. Thanks, buddy. Oh, can you hug me a little bit? If you're a hugger, give me a high five. For those that are less spiritual, of course. All right, so then let's continue. Is, was that helpful for somebody? All right. But if he won't hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. All right, this is step two. I'm going to review again here, guys. Who wants to be the greatest? Those that will become like a child. How important are these children? Oh, he'll leave the 99 for the one. Can I write any of them off? Nope, because he'll leave the 99 for the one. Can I go on without him? Can I, can, can I continue on in sin and just be offended? Well, if you are, just picture cutting your own hand off because that's what it's like. You're saying there's parts of the body that aren't necessary. So the answer is no. Okay, so then how important is, is it that I go make peace? It's important enough that if you can't figure it out on your own, Then you go find another person, and this is the key right here, guys. Think about the context. Another person who understands this context. 
If you're going to bring another person, we don't need your Jerry Springer friends. You know, girlfriend, I'll tell you what, you don't need that in your life. Oh no, they should respect you. They should have been there for you. You know what, you don't need that trouble. You need to walk away. That, that's spiritual abuse. That's what that is. You need to cut that off, end it. Right? <laughs> Those are not your friends. There's, a, there's another preach for that situation. The, the reality is that's actually the doctrine of demons. That's actually the spirit of this world which comes to kill and steal and destroy. That's not the kingdom of heaven. You need others that understand the context of that to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is to be a peacemaker, is to be an advocate that says, Joshua, I know Fuji and I definitely want to come and help repair this area, this sin, this offense. I'm for these relationships. Yes, I would love to come and help restore. Not, I'm here and I got you back. Well, do you have the other? If they don't have both of your back, then you got the wrong person going to that meeting. And you probably have some cleanup to do. Woe to those through who offenses come. How many times do we end up in a situation where, first of all, we skip step one, which is if your brother offends, you go to them. Not you go to your friend and say, dude, I, am, God, I cannot wait to tell you what happened to me. Fuji, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, he, what? I thought that dude was awesome. Well, clearly we were both wrong. Right? And what did we do? We're, we're signing up for the millstone at this point. Do you understand this? But he's saying, no, the context is who's gonna be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That you'd humble yourself, that you would value one another like I value you. And if something gets between you, then you will do the hard work of loving them enough to leave the 99 and come deal with it. And you'll find an advocate who feels the same way, who's willing to be also the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That understands that if this thing doesn't move forward, we're going forward without a hand or a foot or an eye. Are you with me? And then, he, and then he says, now if it's verse 17, if he refuses to hear them, then you can tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. And assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. This is the part where he's saying, listen, you have real authority to actually heal relationships. The context here is not how many people we can bind out of heaven. I bind him to hell. Jason, are you with me? No. No, he is not with me. No, no, no. We're going to bind gossip. We're going to bind pride. We're going to say, you know what? The enemy, we rebuke you in Jesus' name for messing with us in this relationship. And then we're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I just loose the freedom and the transparency and the vulnerability and the healing of God to come into this situation right now because I met with Fuji. We couldn't work it out. Lord, search me. Lord, am I being arrogant again? That's Jason's favorite part when I ask that. He's like, yes, yes, you are. Um, and then what do we do? Now we have two people that are agreeing for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done in that relationship, which is what? Restoration. You see, when we talk about the authority of the kingdom of heaven, it has to be in line with the king. And what's the king doing? Leaving the 99 to get the one. Dying for all of the world to be saved and restored. Remember when they were gonna call down fire on that city that rejected him and Jesus goes, dude, you don't know what spirit you're of. 
I came here to save the world, not to condemn it. And yet when we get into trouble and within the body of Christ, we're like, I think the devil's all over that person. I think they've got a spirit of, they got a spirit of something, something, and blah, 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 blah. And I would dare say that most of the time, whatever spirit of whatever that you're discerning on that person is actually afflicting you in that moment. They got a spirit of gossip all over them. I'll tell you that right now. Right? But we have power. We have actually power and authority to commend someone towards healing and restoration. And we're doing the work. We're willing to actually go and work through that issue, knowing that all of heaven's resources are available for the reconciliation between our connection. And I'm gonna find somebody to agree for that. I'm not gonna find for somebody to agree against you. Get triple offenses. Jesus literally said, woe to those from whom offenses come. And that let's just spread those around. No, right? In the name of Jesus, no. Are you guys with me? For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Now he does go on to say, listen, if they still won't hear you after that point, and beloved, let me tell you something. For those that are actually seeking the kingdom, you rarely ever have to get to step two. And if you do get to step two, it's a, it's, it's a really amazing thing. You'll see breakthrough. If you find a peacemaker as your third person, it's amazing how much heaven can come into that relationship when you get a, another objective opinion for somebody who's looking for reconciliation. It starts getting real clear and it starts getting real repenty and it starts getting real healed and real lovey and real great in the kingdom of heaven. It's so rare that it actually gets to the point where you have to say, well, listen, Fuji, my brother, we got to bring this before the whole church. When was the last time you remember that having to happen? And then it says at that point, then you treat him like a heathen or a tax collector. Well, guys, what are we doing for heathens and tax collectors at this point? Jesus, we pray, Father, that all would be saved and none would perish, Right? So at that point, we're pretty much have determined like, dude, I don't know if you're in the kingdom of heaven yet. I think you, I think you want to be. I don't know if you are. So I'm just going to pray that you would be. Or if you got one toe in the water, I'm praying you'd have the whole body in there. But it doesn't mean that I now hold that person in contempt. Are you with me? Every single section of what Jesus is saying here is restorative. We get no wiggle room to devalue or write anyone off or to say anything evil about people. And the only way that we'll do this is if we are truly actually filled with the love of Christ and responding in that way. And you know what? You are filled with the love of Christ and you have the spirit of God in you. And if you and I will access that power and that love and understand that these are, this is not a cute story to have a guiding thought that never connects to an action, this is a blow-by-blow instruction manual for how to do life. And you're in here because you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, and God commends you, and he's telling you how to do it. Now, as I'm talking right now, some of you are being convicted by the Holy Spirit because you have some people that you need to go talk to. You have some people that you need to humble yourself and go like a child and do step one, which is simply to come and say, hey, I feel like there's something between us. And, um, and you know what? 
I probably misunderstood what you said, honestly. I don't even know. All I know is there's something between us. And I thought I heard you say this. Or when you did this, I thought it meant this. Is that even what it means? You're already extending the benefit of the doubt. If, if you humble yourself, you're already extending the benefit of the doubt. You're not saying, you did that thing and blah, blah, blah. No, you're coming and you're actually entreating that person to say, God forbid there'd be anything between us and I'm assuming that you're doing great. Do you know how hard it is to be a jerk to somebody that does that to you? Because people have to, I don't, I know this will shock you guys. I know this will shock you. But I have to apologize a lot. <laughs> a lot. Sometimes people make it easier for me than others, but nonetheless, I apologize a lot. But I got to tell you, when somebody comes to me and says, listen, I love you and I value you. And when you did this, I felt this. Do you know how easy it is actually for me to say, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I am so sorry because you know what they just did? They just told me that they care about how I affect them. You care about how I affect you? You hold me as something valuable in your life? How could I not want to protect that? How could I not want to join together so the two of us can agree touching this connection to see it healed? Why would I not want? Of course I want that. If you value our connection, how could I not value our connection? You're preaching Jesus to me right now. Do you get this? You guys, you'll find beautiful things if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I don't have time to do the other half of the chapter. But why don't you go home and read it? <laughs> why don't you stand up? Jesus, we want to thank you for your word because your word never returns to you having not accomplished what it was sent to accomplish. Lord, your word is anointed in such a way that it has the power to bring about the very thing that it prophesied. Lord, today as we looked at your words, I'm asking that it would go deep into our hearts like a two-edged sword. Father, if there's anything in any of us, Lord, that we've been justifying, any dysfunction or offense, resentment, Lord, if we're, if we're not in alignment with this word, Lord, bring us into alignment with this word. Today, Lord, I want to pray for a grace over all of these saints right now, Lord. Every one of them has a desire to be great in your kingdom, which is why they're here. And I bless you guys for that. I bless myself for that, in Jesus' name. And I pray that there would be a grace to not only be a listener to this word, but a doer of this word. And I pray for us as a tribe, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you would protect us. You would cultivate us. You would cause us, Lord, to live out this life in love so that when others see how we do these kinds of things, this Matthew 18, as we live this, as we do this, as we keep short accounts, as we hold each other in esteem, as we humble ourselves like children, God, it would be like a beacon of light where people see the kingdom of heaven in action and they say, my God, Jesus must certainly be among you. That people would look and say, I have looked everywhere for this kingdom of which you're a part. How can I be saved? Lord, let Matthew 18 be one of, the, one of the, the, the bastions of freedom that we as a people, Christ Center, demonstrate. Let it be one of the highest held, most often exercised principles of your kingdom that we would walk in pure hearts one with another, esteeming one another, humbling ourselves like children, and loving like you do Jesus. And Father, I pray that as we do this, 
that you would say to us, just like you said to the disciples that they went out, I saw Satan tumble from heaven because he was completely defeated as you destroyed the works of the devil. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And the church said, 